I've got all the time in the world. I've got a fresh three hours just for you and me and also you. All right, listen, I've got notes here. Very important, very important notes. Okay, so where I left you last week, uh, Dr. Mike and Jolene are boning, and that's okay. And uh, I forgot to talk about a few things, and I've got time now. I've got all the time in the fucking world, so let's fucking talk. Let's stretch things out. Let's really pronounce things slowly, right? Let's just bring it on down. We're chilled out, yo. Okay, okay. All right, so Malcolm had his allergist appointment and they did what's known as a skin prick test. And uh, I'm not gonna tell you the results yet. First, we have to talk about my allergist. He's a very wonderful man. Uh, I anticipated waiting in the waiting room because that's what it's for. I did not anticipate waiting two hours and 15 minutes. But I have a personal rule where I talk like this and I don't really like this cadence and I find it a little insulting. So I'm going to stop now. Okay, I'm just irritating myself. I don't even know why I'm continuing on with this, but I will. So my rule is you go to the doctor, expect to wait. Because if you're not waiting, your doctor is probably moving too quickly and he's probably not a very good doctor. If you're waiting, he's taking the time, he's listening to the parents, he's uh, showing you his complete undivided attention, and he's not concentrating on what fucking time he's going home. Because he wants to go home, right? And he's not rushing because he wants to give good care. So I figure, you're going to wait. It's just, you're just going to fucking wait, okay? Man, but two, two hours and 15 minutes is a long fucking time to wait. However, finally it was our turn. We get in the little room. And the doctor comes in eventually, finally, eventually. And he's like, okay, well, how are you? And he called my kid Sweetie and I really liked him. And he's got a bit of an accent and he's tall and he's handsome. And I can appreciate a handsome man. I understand when a man is handsome. I'm not physically attracted to him, but I am able to categorize his sperm. Like good genetics, bad genetics. Is he handsome? Is he tall? Yes, yes. Is he nice? Yes. It's good genes there. It's good genes. Uh, I did happen to pick up on some inappropriately tight pants. They were a little snug, okay? He's Latin, so I'm going to let that go because that's probably part of his culture because I'm a racist and I like to make generalizations. So whatever, he had tight pants on. That's okay. Men are allowed to do that. And then he sat down. Now... Because I'm a lesbian, I have to dodge cleavage. You have to be very careful. Seinfeld had an entire episode about dodging cleavage. Like, you glance, and then you look away, right? Wasn't that the whole premise of that show? You glance, and then you look away. But George didn't look away. So I know how to dodge cleavage. I know how to take a peek and then look away. I'm really good at it. I could put on a course about it. Maybe I'm not very good at it. Maybe I'm a leerer. Maybe I'm leery E. Dennis. Uh... Anyway, so I was like, okay, now we're sitting there. And I usually let Sarah talk to the doctors because A, I'm a mush mouth, B, I'm an idiot, and C, I'm a terrible communicator. All perfect reasons to have a podcast, right? These are all the qualities you want in an excellent podcast host. So I let her do the talking. She sits in the chair uh, closest to the doctor. Also, I work a very sweaty outside job and I didn't have time to go home and shower 
Well, actually I did because he made me wait two and a half or two hours and 15 minutes. So I could have really gone home to shower, but I didn't know that. So I stunk. I stunk really bad and I stunk Italian stink and I sweat garlic. It's not cool. It's not a good smell. I, it's not good. Just trust me on this one. And if you know me in real life, you know, for sure. Not cool. Uh, so I'm two chairs away from him and he's talking to her and she's understanding him. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of distracted. Okay sits down in his really tight pants and there's like I don't I don't really understand dick and balls like I know what they look like now because I have a little kid but I don't really understand grown-up dick and balls like it was like he was smuggling a fucking water balloon in his pants like I didn't understand and then I didn't want to stare too long because I wasn't like sexually attracted because I'm really staunchly homosexual like I heard who the fuck was I listening to I was listening to a show and a man said he was so gay that he would rather go down on a 400 pound. Oh, you know who it was? It was uh, Bob from the trainer from The Biggest Loser. And he was on Rana and Beverly and they were kind of joking around with him. And he said that he always tells people that he's so gay that he would rather have sex with a morbidly obese man eating out of a dumpster than sex with a woman. Like, doesn't that just fucking spell it all out for you? Doesn't that just make total sense? And I feel that very exact same way. Like, I would rather have sex with Honey Boo Boo's mom that's been dead for six days. I'd rather go down on her than touch a man sexually. Just so that we're clear. So that we understand. I know the world and all of these lesbian movies have... Basically, the world pro projects us, like lesbians, as either being bull dykes with like the buzz cut and everything, which I'm a fan of. Good for you. You fucking, you get that, you get that haircut. You, you fucking rock that shit. You want to clip shit to your belt? You know what? Fuck what I said before. You clip shit to your belt, okay? You want to wear a leather vest with patches? You fucking do that. You own it, all right? That's none of my goddamn business. I'm just trying to grow as a human. But for whatever fucking reason, actually, I pretty much know what the reason is. It's got to be marketing, right? It's got to be that how could a movie possibly appeal to the masses, to like the heterosexual masses, unless there's a lesbian in it who has sex with a man, either for revenge or because she's finally come to her senses and she's found that right dick to fuck her right. Get her off that lesbian path because it's just a phase. I will be your phase. I'm here for you, okay? I'm running a lesbian polygamy colony and if you need to have a phase with somebody and you're under 180 pounds, fuck, call me. You fucking call me. Message me. I'll... We'll work something out. Sarah, we'll... I'll work on her. I'll work on her. I mean, sure, right now she said, if you do that, I'll fucking kill you. But uh, I'm pretty sure she doesn't want to go to jail. So it's open for discussion. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say here. Anyway, so, okay. The point being that I want to express to you how I'm staunchly homosexual. And I did not look at this man's uh, groin with some kind of sexual attraction. It was more like I was mystified. It felt like I was staring at the pyramids. Like I didn't... Like, how did that get there? What is it? What does it do? What? Is it necessary for those pants to be that tight? So I found myself glancing at it, and then I was like, oh, God. Like, was I staring? Because, like, you know when you kind of drift off, and you're, like, trying to figure things out, and you have that stupid quizzical look on your face? Like, was I... I hope I wasn't staring too long. Like, he didn't look upset or anything. And I don't know. Do men get offended like women do? But, like, why are women wearing cleavagey shirts if you don't want us to look? I know, okay, I'm slut-shaming now. Is that what I'm doing? You, you calling me a fucking slut-shamer? Racist, fine. I'm a fucking racist, but I don't know that I'm a slut-shamer. I have to shame your slutty ass right into my bed with a dental dam because you a whore. Okay, so now we've got his crotch, and I'm confused by it. And in the meantime, during my confusion, 
I still don't understand what was going on under there. It was just like a big mound of meat. It was just like a big pile of fucking roast beef under there. I don't, I don't fucking get it. Anyway, if you're straight or, you know what, if you're a gay man, good for you. Good for you, my friends. All the more power to you. I don't get it. I don't get it. But it's not for me to get. Anyway, now that we've, you know, talked about my child's doctor and his genitalia for quite some time, let's get back to my child. I hope to God he never finds any of these recordings because, man, chocked full of shame. <laughs> Just, I'm not going to, this is like a... This didn't happen. This is my uh, alter ego. This did not happen. I am his old mother in a rocking chair, knitting sweaters by the time. You know, I was thinking about it. By the time we have kid number two, I'm going to be like 35 years old. That's fucking old. Like my mom was 36, I think, when she had me. And she's fucking old. Like she's been old my whole life. I don't know. I'm starting to feel bad. But people are living longer. I mean, sure, I have history of cancer in my family, manic depression, high blood pressure, diabetes. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm going to live to see grandkids. I'm sure of it. It's because I eat like shit and I'm kind of chubby. I'm sure I'm going to live that long. And then I told Sarah the other day, I'm like, hey, maybe he'll knock somebody up when he's like 18. And she's like, why would you want that? I, said, I just want grandbabies. I'll be retired by then or pretty fucking close to it. I can stay home with a grandbaby. I'll be the daycare. I'd love that. It would ruin his life, but it's better for me. And isn't that what's important? I think so too. Okay. So now, what happens? The Latin man in the inappropriately tight pants takes my son's arm and he marks off little quadrants. And the first one is a control, just like a thing to make sure like, because the, the, the syringe poking it leaves a little mark. And it's not really a syringe. It's just like a tiny little poke. Like it would feel like a mosquito bite, like not, not terribly painful at all. So he puts the egg, concentrated egg liquid on my kid's arm and he pokes through that and then he's got the control. So we're like, okay. And he's like, now we wait. So he times it. I think it's 15 minutes, but it might be 20. Somewhere in between 15 and 20 minutes, that's when they wait. And we're waiting. And the first minute I'm staring at it. And then Sarah's like, okay, why don't you sit down, Stinky? Why don't you just sit down for a minute? And I was like, all right. Probably right. So I sit down and I'm nervous and I'm like, you know, restless leg twitching around and then I get up like 40 seconds later to check again nothing I was like all right okay okay so I get up five minutes later and I'm like oh fuck because it's got that they call it like a wheel it's a hive so the center of the hive is called a wheel and it's white usually well his are I don't know what other kids are and yeah he's very obviously still allergic to eggs womp womp but the doctor said that it's around this age that it kind of starts to fade and kids become less and less allergic because he said eight out of 10 kids, so 80%, will grow out of the allergy completely. But he said there's no test to figure out which eight of the 10 it's going to be. And he also said the size of his reaction on his arm is not really indicative of how allergic he is. Because he said some kids have a tiny, tiny, tiny little reaction to the uh, skin prick test and they are highly allergic. And some kids have a huge reaction and they aren't really allergic very much at all. They'll just break out in hives and be uncomfortable and itchy which is great. And then he's like, okay, well, what we can do next is we can do a blood test. And what they do is they take some of the blood and they mix it with the allergen. So they'll mix it with egg white and egg yolk. And there's like a number scale, like I guess from one to a hundred to see how allergic you are. And he said, this test as well, isn't really indicative of how allergic you are. Cause he said, some kids will have a five and they'll be like highly allergic. You swell up anaphylaxis. And some kids will be like a 90 and they just break out in hives. So he's like, there's no real way to tell. And I was like, oh, 
well, that's fucking great. Because Malcolm was exposed to fucking something that made his eyes swell just about shut. So I don't really know what that is, but uh, I'm sweaty. I'm a little concerned. You know, I mean, it's not the end of the world. You just have to give your kid the EpiPen, get to the hospital. They give him a steroid and they watch him for six hours, which isn't much fun. That's, that wasn't a fun night. I didn't enjoy that night very much at all. So hopefully it doesn't happen again. So I'm like, great. Now I have to take my kid for a fucking blood test. And we had to take him for a blood test one other time. And we went down uh, to the lab that they have there. And he cried and he screamed and he was very upset. And we had to wait for fucking ever. And I was like, fuck. But the good bad news is that we had waited there for so long that the lab in the clinic was closed for the day. And I know because I went down there and I tried to hustle to get him in there to just fucking get it over with so we could get our results a day earlier. And uh, a lady with a mop kicked me out. Yet again in my life, a lady with a mop decided my fate. Wasn't going to happen today. Thanks. And by the way, I don't know. Hey, Dr. Mike, not that you're ever going to record another segment again, but on the off chance that you do... In Canada, we have free healthcare, which means there are a lot of people utilizing it. Everyone, really. Uh, and it's fair, but things just take a long fucking time. So I'm just wondering, in the States, where you have to pay, how long does it take to get these allergy blood test results back? Like, I bet you'd have them the same day. Like, if you went in the morning, I bet you you'd have them that afternoon. If not, like, first thing the next morning. We have to wait two weeks. So I'll find out next week, Tuesday or the Tuesday. What well, doesn't really fucking matter. Mind your own business. Shut up. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said that. I shouldn't lash out at you. You don't deserve that. You deserve better than that. So I have to wait. And if those blood results come back, I don't know what the fuck the difference is. I guess maybe he knows what percentage of kids, if they're in the lower range, are likely to tolerate a baked egg. And that's the goal here is a baked egg challenge. So he gets to eat a fucking cupcake and he goes to the hospital and they sit there and you have to stay for three hours because if you're going to have an allergic reaction, an adverse allergic reaction, not that there's a good allergic reaction, uh, it'll happen in two hours. So they need time for the kid to eat the whole fucking cupcake and then have two hours there in the clinic. And if he doesn't have a reaction within that two hours, chances are very good that he can tolerate baked egg because when you bake an egg, it changes the protein. So it kind of 70% of kids that are allergic to like say scrambled eggs or pancakes or french toast or whatever the fuck uh will tolerate a, an egg that's been baked for like 20 minutes at 350 so that's what we're hoping for i mean i'm not expecting him to eat scrambled eggs or any shit like that because he's obviously still allergic and the doctor said he's not willing to do a test uh food challenge test on the raw egg or very gently cooked egg because he's obviously still quite allergic to it so i'm excited i i would really love to go to mexico and have my kid eat fucking cornbread or what do mexicans eat i don't know each other? What, what do Mexicans eat? Tomatoes? What are they always picking? Peppers? Watermelon? I don't know. They're eating something. Anyway, I'm excited for that. I'm very excited for that. And you know what? My kid's fucking awesome because uh, Thomas the Train puts him in some kind of like weird hypnotic state. Because when we went for the blood test, because we couldn't go to the clinic that day because we were there till fucking, I don't know, midnight. Fuck. Fuck you, Canada. Um, I took him to a different clinic and there was like... I don't know, some Filipino lady there and she's like, okay, well, we're, we're going to, we're going to take his blood. Okay. 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 Little boy, you look over there. Okay. You look over there into the corner and I'm going to be over here. And then she like tied a, tied a little, what do you call those heroin things? The, the elastic or whatever. And I had him over here. I'm like, oh, look over here. Look, oh, what's Thomas doing? And then she stuck the syringe or the, whatever the fuck thing in his arm. And he didn't, he just kind of glanced over and he's like, what the? 
And I was like, oh, look, Thomas. Oh, who fell in the muddy water? Is that James? And he's like, no, that's Gordon. I was like, oh, fuck, because they're all the fucking same to me. And before you know it, she's like, okay, we're all finished here. You guys can go home. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Because, like, my kid didn't even cry. He was so distracted and hypnotized and fucking, like, brainwashed by Thomas. It was just, like, the thing I had been dreading the most about this whole freaking ordeal was done. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Can you fucking believe that? all right we're gonna hear from someone i don't know oh hey you know what let's play joe she's a longtime listener first time caller hang on so hi sandra this is uh your buddy joe down in the states um let me just say that it's dallas it's 90 degrees it's 60 percent humidity and it looks like it wants to have a tornado tonight I am here on a Wednesday night waiting um, to get back to Tucson, to lovely, lovely Tucson. So I told you I'd try and tape you a a tale. Um, As you know, I travel a lot for my work. While I'm traveling, of course, I have to fly out every Sunday afternoon and I fly home every Thursday night. Well, just last week, as I was flying home on Thursday night, I went through the body scanner, and of course, you know, I'm a big lesbo. I'm a, I'm a big butch. I uh, step into the scanner, and I forgot to mention, oh, please set this on female settings. So as I was coming out of the scanner, the, the uh, male TSA guy looks at the screen, he says, I'm going to have to check your chest area. And he then proceeded to put his hands forward as if he was going to grope my breasts. Now, boobs, breasts, tits, you know, tatas, whatever, that's uh, not a place that I like to be touched, especially by a male TSA agent. I grabbed him by the wrist, and I just looked at him, and I said, Oh, no, you're not touching me. I said, If you want anybody to check me, it will be a female TSA agent. I said, Perhaps you might want to put me back in the scanner and set it on the female settings. Uh, As his face turned bright red, I might add, I don't know how people can just sit there and talk to uh, a voicemail or talk to a recording. Look, that's all of two and a half minutes. Uh, but that's that's my tale for the day. If you're a big, big lesbo and you look like a man, when you go through the scanner, just closely say to them, oh, by the way... Make sure you have it set on female settings. Works for me. Okay, Sandra, waiting to hear your next your next uh, podcast. Need something to listen to on the ra- on the uh, on the um, airplane when I fly home tomorrow afternoon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ah, yeah. Sometimes it's hard to be a big old lesbo, ain't it? Ain't it hard? I mean, don't get me wrong. I've I've served a few ma'ams in my time, and uh, 
they've gotten quite offended by it. And honestly, I wasn't really looking and they looked like men. And I'm sure that's the look that they were going for. Is it not? Right? I mean, if you're a butch fucking dyke, that's how you feel comfortable, right? You've got your short hair. You've got maybe, I don't know, a plaid shirt tucked in, khaki pants, belt. I didn't know that there were female settings on a scanner. I also don't ever travel. But so I guess he assumed you were smuggling something in your chest. Like what? What could that possibly, what could that something possibly have been? Like bags of heroin strapped around your chest? Like, I, I don't know. It would be pretty funny if you went in with like bags of pudding or something and just <laughs> tried to get those through. I didn't know there was female settings. I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. Uh, thanks for contributing. It's always good to have a good story. Although that doesn't <laughs> sound like a lot of fun. It made me laugh. And if that's inappropriate laughter, I'm sorry. I, um, I'm inappropriate. Okay. But we do have something from Tails coming and Tails has been in a bathroom and I have been in a bathroom in my 1994 really long hair, uh, bushy eyebrow, plaid shirt, uh, sexually ambiguous, you know, look, going for me or not going. It was grunge. It was the fat girl's paradise. Plaid shirts, baggy pants, greasy hair. Loved it. Great time. Wonderful time to be a lesbian. And this, like I was saying, this has happened to Tails before too. She, like girls come into the bathroom and they're like, oh, am I in the wrong bathroom? It's like... Ouch. I don't know why it hurt so much, because that is kind of what I was going for, I guess, at the time. Although I wasn't like an out lesbian then, by any means. But I don't know why it hurts my feelings. I don't know why it did. Did it hurt your feelings? Were your feelings hurt? I don't know. You'll have to get back to me on that one. But, um, I don't know. I'm going to go buy some leather chaps. Hang on. Here's Tails. Hey, everybody. This is Tails coming to you from the downtown area. And I'm here today to tell you about how I met my fiancé. Last year, April... Uh, we had hired somebody new, and my boss told me I was going to be training her. Um, I didn't. He said I knew who she was, but there's I know everybody in in the area, and I couldn't fucking remember. But as soon as she walked through the doors for her first shift, uh, I, I recognized her, and she had actually been coming quite a few few years, either with her mom or with her boyfriend. Um, and I used to hit on her like normal. I never thought she noticed, but apparently she had a thing for me too. And apparently her boyfriend used to get really pissed off because he thought that I had a thing for her, which I did, which I did. So fair enough, fair enough. Um, anyway, so she walks in, and as soon as I see her, I'm like, holy shit, it's you. I know who you are. She's this cute little blonde girl, and I get to train her. At the time, both of us were seeing other people. I was with my ex, Bree who was a raging alcoholic. She was abusive to the point of beating me with a vacuum and forcing me to call the cops on her and get a restraining order. A uh, little time passed after that happened, and I gave her another chance. She went to AA, but things weren't the same. You can never really go back. Once you've, once you've crossed that line, you really can't go back. So I was very unhappy. And here was this wonderful young blonde woman right in my sights. And uh, her relationship is very similar to my relationship at the time. Um, physical abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, uh, lot, lots of abuse all around for everybody. Um, so I guess when we, when we met, we were in really shitty places in our lives. Uh, I was so extremely depressed, and she was too. 
and we got we got to talking a little bit, uh, and I guess we found that we had a lot of common ground. We had a lot of things in common. We were both in really shitty relationships. We both had really shitty childhoods, and uh, from there. I finally got the nerve to call her or text her or whatever, and we started talking. We hung out a couple of times, and, you know, all I could think of was I just want to kiss this girl. Like, I, it's way too early to say anything, but I I thought I was in love, and I just, I need to kiss this girl. So one day after work, just as we were leaving, um, I I kissed her. (laughs) And I was fucking nervous as hell. My palms were sweaty. My heartbeat was racing. I didn't know what to do. Unfortunately, after the kiss, I had to go to my ex's place, my now ex's place, uh, Breeze. And things were really awkward because I just, I didn't want to be around her anymore. I wanted to be around my fiance. Um, So after a little bit of time, we finally decided that we should date. We should be together. So we broke it off with our dead-end relationships, and we started seeing each other. And from there, I mean, my last relationship, I had always expressed want to get married, to have children, to make... I want to be a family kind of person. Like, that's that's who I was born to be. And I found that my my now fiance has the same ideals. Like, you know, get yourself on track and we'll get married. We'll have babies and all this shit. So I think it was love at first sight. That's how I knew she was the one. There was just too much in common and we were too comfortable with each other for it not to be. Uh, even still, I, I wake up every day to that woman and I just, oh my gosh, I... I count my blessings. I am so happy and I am so lucky that we came to be. I'm happy that I got the nerve to call her up and hang out with her that first time. And I'm happy that I got the nerve to make the first move. And uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm so fucking happy. It's not even funny. I love this woman. She loves me and I feel so lucky. Ah, anyways, so enough of that bullshit. You remember last time... I told you that my mom might be leaving my stepdad. Well, she just moved into her new apartment on Saturday. I helped her hang up pictures. My mom is fucking single. Thank God. I swear, if she gets married again, I am just going to lose my shit because that woman has really bad taste in men. I swear. My father's a fucking psychopath and my stepdad's a pervert. So, yeah. Anyways, so that's good news, everybody. It's really good news. Um... <clears throat> I think my cat is trying to commit suicide. My kitten, he is almost a year old, and we saved him from the streets. But he has this tendency of getting himself into trouble in ways that he could possibly die. I woke up the other day, and I sat at my computer desk, and all of a sudden I hear this, like, noise. So I look down, and there's my fucking kitten with his head stuck in a mini chip bag, like those snack pack bags. So I take it off, and his face is, like, wet from condensation from his breath. He, like, the fucking cat would have suffocated and died if I wouldn't have noticed that that had happened. And when he was a baby, he also got spooked by something and ran face first into a door, gave himself a fat, bleeding lip, because he's so fucking weird. And then my fiancé's mom... 
cat sat him for a couple of nights, and apparently he got his face stuck to this thing, and he could have, like, ripped off all the fur on his face, because he's just, he's, oh, I don't even know, he's the biggest handful for a cat that I've ever had. Anyways, I thought that was weird, so I figured I'd share it. Anyway, um, it's beautiful outside, so I'm going to go outside and enjoy an hour before I work 11 hours. Take care, everybody. Have a good night. Well, holy Jesus Christ. Jesus H. Christ on the cross, it tells you. Your cat's fucking nuts. Okay? You're a lesbian. You're obligated to have a cat. I don't have any cats. Uh, how your cat almost died in that chip bag, that's how I'd like to go. Like, if I ever come down with, well, when, when I come down with some kind of terminal illness or whatever, or I have dementia, I'm going to eat my way through a huge bag of chips and put it over my head, and maybe I'll tie an elastic band around my neck. That's how I'm going to go out. Now I know. That's how I'm going to commit suicide. Maybe I can get some assisted suicide. Maybe somebody can help me eat the chips and then tie the... Eh, just something to think about. That's good. Thanks for the idea. I really appreciate that. Um, maybe maybe your mom will have better taste in women than she does in men. What does she look like? For the, like, hypothetically, for the polygamy colony. She, uh, <clears throat> okay, just thought I'd throw that out there. And... Um, in the same vein, may I cat sit your mom, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, it's hard being lame. Okay, well, good. I'm glad you and your fiancé have talked things out, because I never understood couples where, like, one wants a kid and the other one really doesn't want a kid. Like, I dated a girl once where she just was, like, didn't want to get married. She didn't want to have kids. And it's like, okay, well, this is kind of a fundamental problem. And regardless... uh that didn't work out for other reasons. Cause I mean, like, what am I like? Why? I don't want to date someone that I have to change. I don't want to date someone where it's like, I have to convince them to look at my side of things and that I'm right. And you should want children. Cause if you don't want kids, you just don't want kids. And that's it. Like, obviously you're probably 25, 30 when you're having this conversation or maybe you're 18. You're how old are you? Fucking 15. No, you're 19. I don't know how old you are. Early 20s? What Does it matter? Am I just fucking like spitting out numbers here? I'm glad you had that conversation. I'm glad you're both in line when it comes to that kind of shit. And if you want a relationship, a relationship to work, it'll work. You, it, it takes work. Trust me. I had to put out at like, I don't know, quarter to 11 last night, but I did it. She made a request. And uh, yet again, who is the man in this relationship? I don't know. She just threw it out there that perhaps, you know, some... Oral stimulation on my part, with her being on the receiving end, would perhaps put her to sleep quickly. So I said, hmm, okay. So you would like oral stimulation and not manual stimulation? And she said, no, I would prefer both manual and oral stimulation. And I said, okay, I concur. Let's make this happen. That's really sexual. Like, that's how you keep a, like, you want to keep that bed death away. Like, I'm still fat and I'm still ugly and my I'm always going to be a little bit fat, and I'm definitely always going to be ugly. Like, I'm not getting any more attractive. I have a haggard-ass fucking old purse face, and it's a goddamn shame. But at least I'm cute. I'm adorable in other ways, you know? I make her lunches every day. Well, I make them all on Sunday, you know? If we're going to get technical, you guys need to know I make them on Sunday so that she takes one every day because she likes to have a... Anyway, whatever. And I pack all of Malcolm's lunches, and I got to tell you... When his daycare lady tells me I pack a mean lunch and I should put on a clinic about how to pack a kid's lunch, I take pride in that. 
I do, because I'm fat and ugly and I have nothing else. Okay, here's Rose. Hey, everybody, this is Rose, and I'm drunk on two fucking beers, because that's all it takes. Hi! So anyway, uh, let's see what's been going on. Well, I was really fucking sick for a while. Um, pretty much had diarrhea. Hi, shit talk. Um, pretty much had diarrhea, loose stools, getting more detailed, um, for the entire month of May. And then by June, I had some wicked awful problems. Hello, shit talk. And, um, went to go to urgent care and was given two goddamn antibiotics that I was on for a week. One of which is normally used to treat C. diff which is the monster super bacteria. So anyway, it was awful. Mainly being on the two antibiotics was awful. Just the nausea, trying not to move so I wouldn't vomit, not eating. So if I did feel nauseous, I would only dry heave. It was a party. How did I get so sick? I don't know. Was it my flight from Virginia to Portland? Maybe. Was it the French fries that I accepted from the hands from a homeless man? Maybe. That's another story. Because yeah, like Sanchez said, I have a billion goddamn stories. Fuck it. So let's see what's going on. I'm starting to job hunt. It sucks. Because um, some of the positions I've applied for, it turns out, were posted by temp agencies. So I spent Sunday prepping all day for an interview for the exciting position of a sheet mint accountant. Yeah, you guys don't know what that is. I barely know what it is. But anyway... I decided to prepare for it, only to find out it was for a four-month contracting gig. Fuck that noise. And then I got contacted about another job that I I applied for, and it's also a contracting gig, and the agency would want me to go all the way the fuck out in Lake Oswego, which, because it's so racist, is known as Lake No Negro. So I decided to fuck that noise, did some grocery shopping, did some errands, and then decided to have two happy hour pints at my local pub, which is why I'm drunk, because I'm a goddamn lightweight. So anyway, uh, let's see, anything else going on since I last talked about rape, 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 rape? Um, oh, I had to end a friendship with a friend of mine, um, because his response to feminism was hating it. Or saying that women should fight back by carrying guns and just firing at will. That's awesome. Or staging public nonviolent vocal protests. And yet the example that he provided of one happening, he also hated. So he couldn't explain a middle ground for feminists that didn't include firing guns randomly and that didn't include peaceful protest. So what the fuck was the middle ground and why the fuck should I listen to a straight white male of privilege? Except, of course, he doesn't think he's a privilege because he's not he's not doesn't even have a place to live in he's living out of his own screen i'm drunk he's living out of his own screen printing shop because he's too fucking angry to work for anybody else and while i might be drunk right now that's a rare occurrence he on the other hand is what's known as a dry drunk he's gone sober but still has all the anger and rage and unresolved mommy issues that just made it awful and sad 
and awful to be around. So yeah, I cut loose an old friend. Um, but hey, I made a couple of new friends when I went to go see, sorry, swallow, swallowing, uh, belching, when I went to go see the Oh Yeah Dude podcast at the Aladdin Theater this past Saturday night. Um, I met this lovely couple who were friending me on Facebook by evening's end, and they gave me a ride home. Um, and oh yeah, dude, we're awesome. I've been listening to them since 2008. Um, their podcast, as well as the 40 year old boy were the first two podcasts that I got addicted to and that I still listen to all these years later. Um, so I had front row seats. It was wonderful. My face hurt from laughing. I saw John Larroquette, uh, in the crowd, uh, of night court fame. And that's Jonathan Larroquette's dad. Jonathan Larroquette is one half of Oh Yeah Dude. I got a big, sweaty, hippie hug from him. And from Seth, I got the um, serious, sincere gaze of gratitude, as well as um, lots of verbal thank yous for things that I have sent to him over the years, something that I brought to him in person, and... um, God damn, they're just the nicest people. It's so nice to meet people who really appreciate their fans and who will spend endless amount of time with their fans. And um, and like I said, also to meet a couple of fans in person that I became friends with, one of whom um, also saw Mike Schmidt when he did his little one-man show here in Portland a couple of years ago. So how's that for kismet? So that's where I am. I'm kind of I'm kind of tipsy. Um, I'm looking for permanent work. I got a phone call and two emails while I was at the goddamn pub, and I cannot call them back because I worry about slurring my speech. So I'll start over tomorrow. Um, I'm wearing a lovely red dress with white polka dots that I got for ten dollars used, um, and everything else is awesome. That's it. Okay. Hey, this has been Rose. Bye. Eat a dick, a big giant dick dick. Eat a dick dick. <laughs> Excellent work, Drunko. Drunko McDrunkerson. His tank McPisser. Anyway. All right, so let me check the notes here that I wrote. Okay, you took fries from a homeless man, and you didn't really elaborate on that at all. I'm concerned for you. I feel like Portland is a very granola place, although I've never been there, but someday maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll retire there. Maybe that's where I'll put the chip bag over my head to kill myself. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Could be. Could be. That's, there's lots of room for a colony out there, right? Okay. You do some research into that. Some cheap land. Okay? Okay. Fries from the homeless man. No, you didn't talk about that. So that's my that's my first question. I don't know. First off. Uh, second, I have written down here, you lost a friend. The alcoholic who still had anger issues and mommy issues. I have both of those as well. I'm a very angry person. I'm a grudge holder, angry person. I'm trying not to be, trying to like, you know, but uh, I really think the the whole thing that Maya Angelou said, when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe them. That's my cosmic lesson. I will never learn it. When someone shits on me the first time, I think, well, you know, everybody has a bad day. Everybody deserves a second chance. And most of the time it blows up in my fucking face because guess what? They do it again. Right? And that second time, that's it. 
saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once, shame on, shame on you. <laughs> if fool me, we can't get fooled again. Amen, you fucking idiot. Amen. Okay, so yeah, mommy issues, we'll check that off. Um, Rose, sweetheart, Please, I only have one rule. Just don't don't burp. Like, don't intentionally burp like that. I don't know what it is about it. I'd be fine with you farting, but the burping grosses me out. I'm not even sure why. And I'm kind of... I don't even know. You can do it despite me. Feel free. Now, when it comes to um, podcasts and stuff, it's weird. It's a weird thing. You listen to podcasts. You get involved in their lives. Well, not involved. You're not, like, going to PTA meetings with them and shit. Anybody want to coach my kids' soccer next year? Right. Yeah, I don't think so. But you get attached and you listen to them and you hear all the, you know, their triumphs and their disappointments and you feel them right alongside, right? At least I do anyway. So when our good friend Mike Schmidt from the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast was kind of in like a, you know, a bit of a low spot, his wife had left him or they had split, whichever way that went. And, you know, he was... He was kind of down, I'm assuming. I don't really know him personally at all, really, very much, except that he's the sperm donor. Okay, that's, like, easily the tenth guy that I said is the sperm donor by now. Does anybody have a chart? Is there a, is there a graph depicting who I've alluded to as being Malcolm's donor? Anyway. So when he was in, you know, those kind of low spots, I was like, oh, you know, and it's like, I know I'm just, like, an internet fucking weird dude, asshole but I'm pulling for you. I want you to, I want you to do well. And I was, you know, I wanted him to be successful. And I think now things are great. He's got a tiny little gorgeous, I don't know, 30 pound woman who's like madly in love with him and he's on his way. So I feel good. I feel like really, I feel like, I guess it's what like uh, sports fans always feel when they're sitting at home and they're like cheering and stuff. Like they, somehow contribute to that team's doing well, their success, when really it's not the case at all. I guess that's how I feel about him. What's the point of this? The point of this is uh, there is no point. Okay, let's just... Uh, uh, I gotta go. Hang on. Just... Yeah. I'll, I'm uncomfortable. Hey, this is Dallas, Texas. Why do I have to be mystery guest? What the fuck is that? You can call me Lone Bear. You can tell the world my real name, Carolyn. Ooh, sounds much more refined than I'll ever be. I don't know what my mother was thinking. Really not sure on that one. Can't ask her, so it doesn't really matter, does it? Here comes dog number one. Ever told you that I own five dogs? I probably only own four if I ever told you about my dogs, but told you. Did I say told you? Holy shit. Okay, well, I'm countering um, Gary's Rum and Coke Tuesday with Thirsty Thursday, in which I just cracked myself an ice-cold Bud Light. And you know why I did that? Because I fucking can. That's right. I'm an arrogant American. I'm watching the World Cup, and I believe that we will win. That's it. That's all I got. Peace out. Okay, listen. Is this, is this going to turn into AA? Am I going to have to, like, start baking shit? Do I have to buy fucking cookies with... Between you and Gary, I swear to God. Okay, so what, do you have four dogs or five? Huh? It's not exactly a fucking skill testing question here.
How many dogs do you have? You should know. You should know. How many bowls do you put out? Do you put out like five bowls? Does everybody get a bowl? You only put out one big bowl? Okay, you know what? I have something to say actually. Very quickly. And Lone Bear, Carolyn, Dallas. You can't just change your goddamn name every five minutes. Because I don't know. Like I'm trying to be respectful of your privacy. What, what do you want to... Okay, you're just Lone Bear then. Because that's what you are. You're a Lone Bear with five dogs. And the second you die, they will eat your face. Hey, little Miss 18 names has something else she wants to tell you. Yes, from Dallas, Texas, I'm about to go to iTunes to leave a five-star review for the Change of Address podcast, and I think you should, too. She's right. She couldn't be more right. She's totally right. Okay. Now, I don't often laugh out loud really, really hard, unless I'm watching Orange is the New Black, because that show fucking kills me. My favorite line, if you haven't seen it yet, not going to ruin it for you. But one of my favorite lines is uh, this one girl is having sex with some other girl and she came and was talking about it. And she said, man, she had a macro clit. It's like blowing a toddler. And I was like, oh, because oh, oh. that's that is good humor. That is good humor, my friends. <laughs> yeah. But the other thing that made me laugh really hard today, I was at work and I listen to shows while I'm at work. And I was listening to This American Life. And it was about a woman who was trying to record... Uh, she was trying. She narrates audiobooks, I guess. So she was reading a children's book, and what she had done is left the computer outside of this closet in a hotel room, and brought the mic inside the closet and lined the closet with pillows to kind of deaden the air. And she starts recording. She starts reading this thing out. And I'm not going to ruin it for you, but she gets stuck in there. And what happens? Because she's recording everything. It's still recording, right? The computer is outside. She can't shut it off. So she's just stuck in a closet. And uh, I laughed so hard I cried. And I don't often do that. So you should really go and listen to that episode. That was pretty fucking funny. Uh, I don't know. I think that's just about it. My kid's going to start making a shit ton of noise now because he's in the shower. And he's pissed off about something. Who the hell knows? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sticking it out with me. It was... It's going to be about 50 minutes approximately. I had a great time. I enjoyed all the segments tonight. Um, I look forward to doing this again in the near future. I'd like to thank you in advance for all the iTunes reviews you've left. We have a listener in France. Oh, right? Makes, makes me feel pretty classy. Makes me feel good. Makes me feel right. See, we're getting places. We're expanding across Europe. We're like a plague. We're like the Holocaust. Okay, we're not, like, mass-murdering Jews and, you know, pilfering their gold teeth and stealing their shoes and stuff. We're not exactly like that, you know? But uh, we're not exactly not like that. Now, my kid's going to start making a shit ton of noise, so I'm just going to stop right now, very suddenly. I'm going to leave you with him singing, You Are My Sunshine. And if that doesn't break your goddamn heart, something is wrong with you. Seek psychological help. Bye. Miss you. iTunes review is very important. Yeah. Whatever. Everything else you cares. You'll find me if you want me. You're my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when other day. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please donate your sunshine away.